The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. I'm not so sure, Kev, I've ever had to share you with this many people um, before. <laughs> well, not in, well, not in podcast land. I should probably put that into context, shouldn't I? Welcome to the first birthday bash recorded live at the House of Photography in London's Trendy Covent Garden! <laughs> Well, who'd have thought it, eh? One year, 52 episodes, and Kev, we are still friends. Just. <laughs> it's a different kind of show today, though. We do have uh, some questions you've sent in to click at fujicast.co.uk. But really today, uh, we have a kind of an open mic session uh, with everybody that's here. There's at least, I don't know, 500 people in this room. <laughs> Minimum, minimum, minimum. Um, so we, we have some questions from, from them as well, because that, that kind of makes sense uh, to this whole thing. Joining us today, a very special guest, Andreas Georgiadis, the UK's marketing manager for Fujifilm. And uh, as, as we're here in, in the house that Fujifilm built, um, the, you know, the, the pulse of everything that's happening, we thought he would be the perfect guest uh, for this particular show. Um, and at the end of the show, I think we're going to try and grab a couple of uh, disaster stories as well. We have possibly a couple of people lined up for disasters, and you can uh, you can vote what you think is the uh, the best disaster in the in the audience. That's got to be at least seven hundred people uh, in the, in this room. <laughs> and uh, before we start, another shameless segment of uh, commercialism um, that we'd like to announce that myself and Kev um, we're expecting a um, a beautiful baby. <laughs> Uh, a beautiful baby rangefinder style member of the family in a few weeks time obviously but no actually it's the course that we're talking about we're going to be doing a joint course aren't we Uh, 11th of June yes 11th of June nice and close to your microphone all those lessons so 11th of June what's the kind of stuff we're going to be doing weddings documentary yeah photo films stuff like that and actually turning on learning to turn on the video button on your on your camera Mm mm-hmm Yes, um, because I, I think that's something we've discussed quite a lot on the show in the last couple of weeks. Really, is is uh, is, is turning on those uh, those uh, those video buttons. So, should we start with a couple of questions? Yeah, let's go. Um, Prizes for everybody. Yeah, well, we'll start with one that's been sent in first. T- Tim uh, Benner, um, who's a friend of the show, of course. I recently watched a video from Thomas Heaton. Um, highly suggest you interview him on the podcast. Now, that's funny you should mention that because we are in uh, a couple of weeks' time. And uh, he mentioned using Iridient X development for his new XT3 files. I was wondering if either of you use this for the raw file converter uh, with Lightroom. I'm still trying to understand how to use it and questioning if it was worth my purchase. Now, uh, Tim comes from Indiana, as you as you well know, um, it's not something I've used. Is it something anybody else has used in here? Yeah, Steve, you've, you've uh, grab, grab that microphone. Steve's microphone wank, uh, wrangling. What? <laughs> uh, that is so what, true. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's the funniest part of the show. <laughs> um, and I can't really edit that out because there was too much noise. <laughs> uh, you've gone very red. Yeah. Steve, t- <laughs> You use it, why? So I find it quite useful with um, high ISO images or images that look a little bit dirtier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't use it for every, every raw file, but for images that I think look a little bit, they could just need a little bit of cleaning up. Uh, and it's not a massive difference, but it's quite a simple workflow. You mm-hmm. can either run all your images through it as a separate program, or you can use it as a plugin within Lightroom. Okay. And you end up with a, a DNG file, an Adobe RAW file which then you can put through your normal workflow. So it's just another little tool to add to the mix, really. For me, it just adds another layer of, God, there's something else I've got to do. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I just think, particularly at this time of year, when it's particularly dark and noisy images, yeah. sometimes it does be... Don't, don't you use clear. Capture One, though? No, not at all. I thought you went to Capture no, One. No, not at all. Hmm. No. Well, I never used it. No? Irredent. I, I, I've heard lots of uh, you know, good things and stuff about it, but yeah, extra steps and stuff. It's not, it's not really, I don't know. Right. I've never had a problem with. A- anybody else use it in here? No. no. Look at that. I'm, l- I'm looking out at, 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 at like 800 people, <laughs> and uh, not 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 one single person using it. I'm not sure what that says. Tim, there we go. Ticked off. That's your question answered. Yes. Should we go for an audience? Yes. One? Yeah. Let's go. Hands up. Quick. 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 Jack okay. went first. Jack went first. Come forward, Jack. Wow. I feel honoured to be the first question. Mm. Um, uh, I've been a photographer professionally for about uh, 12. 14 years. I know, and I know your work. It's amazing. Why, thank you. Mm. Um, but uh, it's, it's that I suddenly got to a point with weddings where I sort of, 
I, I am going to carry on doing them very wholeheartedly. I love doing them. But my career needed more to it. And so I'm looking to branch into one area sort of professionally for money, which is uh, film and TV stills, which I've got a huge passion for. But also I want to do more personal projects, which I started doing. And actually I've done a couple already with my new Fuji gear, which, uh, you know, the, the Fuji gear, I shot my first ever wedding on a Fuji, uh, a couple of Fuji X-T3s uh, in uh, December. So it's kind of... The, the new camera system and also having all this this momentum behind me to sort of start something new. My question to you is that I'm trying to juggle professionally what I need to do with the weddings to keep the business healthy, but I also want to find time to also do the other stuff that I want to do, that I have to do that kind of feeds my creativity as a photographer. Mm. You guys do a lot of stuff that isn't your core business. So how like, do you like manage... Like this, I would say, yeah. Like this, uh, the, so it's it's how you actually manage to to balance up the stuff that you need to do for your business versus the stuff that you need to do creatively to sort of keep you guys interested and engaged. Well, I know my work life balance is entirely wrong because I, I think this is a question about work life balance as well, isn't it? Really, working hours. Well, so I'm an early bird. I get up every morning five o'clock. First thing I do is go into the office and answer emails till six no, thirty. No, no, that's not true. First thing you do is send me a message. And usually, yeah. <laughs> Are, are you up? Bing. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I probably work very, very long hours to achieve it. And I, I've just, I've got used to that's, that's my way of life. If I want to, if I want to run a business in photography, I've noticed that you have to work longer hours as well. I'm working more hours now than I was 10 years ago. Now, I would say, how many weddings have you shot, Jack? I don't know, hundreds and hundreds. I mm. really, I, 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 I couldn't really, I, I've not totted them up, but mm. a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... Like, you know, we all get to these, these points where we think, actually, are we just photographing for the job rather than photographing for the fun of it? And, you know, I, I, I definitely, and I think probably you as well, Neil, at some point have, have kind of got to that point where we've gone, it's another wedding. It pays. To be, uh, there are people here who have photographed their weddings, so it, for your weddings, <laughs> it wasn't just about paying the bills, right? It was far more important than that. Um, but, you know, you get to that point. You get to that point where you... And, and Gemma, you know, I, I say to Gemma all the time that, I, you know, I just, I just want to do something that's... I want to do the weddings. I like the weddings and the weddings pay the bills, but I want to do something a little bit more adventurous creativity-wise. And I don't mean, like, using flash or anything. Just something that, that makes you smile a bit more. And, you know, I think that's just a natural progression. And that's why I asked that question about how many weddings have you shot, because it's, it's really important that for the people that are right at the beginning of their journey probably they think what are they on about it's like a wedding is great i can't wait i'm gonna smash it i'm gonna get up in the morning and just go for it but actually those that have shot you know 200 300 400 you must have done what Fifteen thousand. <laughs> well i've done 800 weddings in my in my career yeah are you close to um are you close to what you think is wedding burnout then no it's not really so much that to be honest because i reached that before i discovered Fuji mm. and before I bought my first X100S so I, it's that creatively it's not really about burnout because I, I I had that and I had that about a year and a half two two years ago when I was just about to hit 40 which you know triggers a sort of classic midlife crisis you and show I sort off of, you show off oh, well, you, know, um, <laughs> you, you look you look 30 if not um, but it's it's just so I already had that and already discovered that I already sort of crystallized what I wanted my photography life to be going forward and mm. weddings I love doing and they are a core bit of what I do but I had to start doing other things that sort of fed me in different ways and, and I love film stills I've done yeah, that yeah. for a little bit did you hear the Keith Bernstein interview I did in fact I'd love to <coughs> you, hear you guys do a longer yeah. interview um, uh, with someone just more purely about the film and TV stills because it's its own separate little world yeah um, and quite difficult to break into, like the wedding industry, like anything else. And, and I feel like I haven't been able to put enough man hours in. Have you tried breaking into it? Have you? Yeah, no, I've been. I've done. I, I know a few people, and I've done about three or four projects, all with really good names in, sort of Catherine Tate and lots of other people. Mm. And I've got really lovely sort of initial portfolio. But it's just about finding the time to actually yeah, develop yeah, that know, bit of the business. I think ultimately the answer is the same for anything in, in our businesses. You know, once you, you just have to go, right, this is what I want to do. And you either do it or you don't. 
ultimately and you make the time and and if you can't physically make the time that's fine but if the if you can't make the time because of procrastination then that's not so fine right let's go for another question from the uh, from the floor who's who's got one you don't have to travel far for this one steve right this is like question time isn't it um with the advancement of wedding videos do you think there'll come a time when wedding videos and taking stills photographs from wedding videos will actually replace photography mm. and if so will that be a bad day yes very bad day why you can do video and i can't <laughs> <laughs> see i i think strong i mean i've had to change my business um in the last 12 months to now embrace doing wedding films and i know that's not music um to the ears for a lot of people in here that want to just believe that it's 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 uh, you know you just want to do stills. And I'm sure that the work for for just doing stills is out there. Of course it is. But um, in the Thames Valley where I'm based, um, I'm noticing that um, the money's come down a little bit, quite a lot in, in, in some in some cases, and uh, and also people are um, are asking me to do you know longer hours. And I thought, you know what, wedding wedding film. I'm going to move a little bit into that because I think it's a, an area where where it's a little bit harder for some photographers just to pick a camera up and go and do it because they've got to understand how to edit sound. They've got to embrace sound. They've got to learn sound. That's a, that's a big part of making films. Um, so that's why I've moved into to making films as well. As far as your, answer, your question goes with, um, with uh, will the day come where you can pull a still out of a, a movie? I missed an enormous amount of time, obviously, watching, watching movies to get that one still. I'm not sure you, you photograph in the same way um, with exposure as well, I don't know, but it's a question I'm going to, I'm, you know, this might be a good time to give a big round of applause and wel welcome you know, our, our main guest here today, uh, Andreas Georgiadis. Yeah. Andreas, you're probably a good person to answer this question, because I know you can't say what cameras are necessarily coming up that might have that power to do so, but, you know, it's not going to be long, is it? Um, probably this year you'll see some 8K cameras, so 8K is about 32 megapixels yeah um so from a resolution point of view that's not going to be an issue but as you say do you really want to be picking out one image out of an hour's worth of footage um i can see the technology being available i can't see the mindset of photographers slash videographers um being sufficient to be able to do it for a photo album or mm. something like that. Quite a skill, isn't it? Well, you also, you can't, you, you know, like you're going to film something at 25 frames per second, 50 frames per second, 60 frames per second, 120 frames per second, and you, you, you're not going to be able to pick a still out. Even at 8K, your exposure levels are not going to be the same as if you were doing a still. Uh, it just, you know, your, your metering for light is going to be different. Your, your movement, I mean, we shot a wedding together um, I did the stills, he did the films, he had the posh room, I had the cupboard. Um, <laughs> You're never going to forget that, are you? No. And, yeah. um, uh, and you know, the, the angles we were both doing were different. The, you know, most of the time you were just leaning there on the side doing nothing <laughs> while I was busy taking lots of pictures. And, you know, and, and you only have to deliver a five minute clip. That's and not have to true. deliver like 600 <laughs> pictures. It's different, different mindset. It is a different way of working when you're shooting um, wedding videos um, because, um, yeah, you're not trying to. You have to have a, a room for preparations in the morning and you're, you're you know, firing all over the place, getting every single of, uh, angle you can get of just about anything you can get. Whereas with video, I, f I found the whole process was a lot, lot more relaxed, as you probably noticed, um, that I, I was working on one or two or three scenes and nailing those really. Instead of thinking, right, I've got to shoot 50 pictures here. I want to get three or four really nice nailed things that I can see being worked into the, into the film. One day maybe, you know, being able to turn stills out of that film as well, that's, that's going to give you an edge, isn't it, over somebody else. Being able to actually do that film in the first place, though, that's what most photographers won't be able to do. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question from Jeremy. This is for you, Andreas. Okay. From Jeremy Henner in Peterborough. He says, I know you'll probably dump this question, which okay. is why I started with it. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you anyway, what is the obsession with APS-C? Mm -hmm. Obsession. Is it time to look at the future of full frame? You've got an amazing product, and I love my X-T3s and X100T, but I can't help thinking that full frame would be Fuji's opportunity to really capture the market. Mm. Okay, so there isn't really an obsession. When we first looked at um, cameras in general um, and mirrorless, we APS-C for us was the best um, balance system. So it was about getting size and weight down, um, optimum image quality, 
and then something with a little bit of a Fujifilm difference and that's why we've got the X-Trans sensor and things like that so um, for us mirrorless means weight saving while not sacrificing on image quality now obviously there are advantages to full frame and bigger sensors in, in general which is why we developed the GFX system there are disadvantages in terms of the speed of performance and things like that but for us that's why we're fighting on two fronts so while there is a lot of noise about 35 mil um, sensor size I don't like calling it full frame because 20 years ago something else was considered full mm -hmm. frame and mm -hmm. 40 years ago something else was considered full mm -hmm. frame so it's mm -hmm. a great marketing terminology but I don't um, believe it um, so we've, we've got that duality in terms of our system so if somebody wants something that's high resolution a um, bit more purposeful we've got the medium format um, if somebody wants something that's going to be smaller and lighter than their DSLR we've got the uh, X series. There we go. And, and also, like as somebody who's been in the Fujifilm ecosystem for a long time, I, it's, full frame is not something that ever even I never think about it. I never think, oh, I wish there was a little bit more depth of field, or I wish that the sensor was a little bit big. It's just something that never happens in my head. Yeah, um, and, it, you know. and it comes down to um, gear acquisition syndrome a bit in terms of people lusting after this idea that they're going to get lower noise results or they're going to be able to print bigger or it's going to be cleaner and um, images but fr from our point of view if you go bigger sensor and we've seen it um, you end up with a bigger lens and then you end up with more expensive kit so um, I think we've seen it from the likes of Canon, Nikon um, and <coughs> Panasonic recently um, that their full frame offering doesn't actually um, give you any benefits versus a DSLR mm. they're actually bigger heavier and more expensive so you've got to ask the question well why are you going mirrorless then mm. and for us we've got a clear reason to go mirrorless and use the APS-C size sensor are there any photographers in here that because uh, you don't have to be shooting Fujifilm to be here that, uh, that are shooting other brands full frame other brands yeah and there's a <laughs> and we've got about 980 people in here and um, <clears throat> we've got we've got about uh, I don't know half a dozen hands went up um, are you still, um, of those hands that went up, um, who's going to be brave enough to come forward? You've got your hand up, come forward, yeah. <laughs> Looking around, well, me? No, surely not me. Um, are you still hankering after? Um, is, is the reason you're, you've not gone to Fujifilm is that you're still hankering after um, a full frame? First experience, Fuji had an XT1, had the 56, the 35, 23. Great format, but I was still using Nikon DSLRs. Um, when mirrorless sort of started to evolve, I was using D4s, D810s, mm. and just did the same thing as everyone else, tried out the Sonys, was in America, thought they were great cameras and just went for it. So shooting weddings mainly, they do what they do and they're a perfect tool. Uh, recently that, that's because you were in America. Everything in America feels just so good. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. um, I recently bought an X100F and it's just such a great camera to have about um, and I feel more connected in using it. So my kit's got to do another 18 months in which time, who knows what might be there, but yeah. I think I'd probably revisit Fuji as a brand in, in sort of how it is as a brand and how it makes me feel when I'm working so well on, on that front actually um, Simon Lincoln wrote, wrote in what is the future since we're talking about brands what is the future for mirrorless it's clear that mirrorless is the way ahead Canon are up to uh, up, about to up their game with a twin card system for example but how will companies vie for attention in a very similar market it's getting to a stage where it's so difficult to distinguish between a picture made on a Canon or Nikon or, or one made or Nikon or one made with a Fuji or say Sony. So what will be the dis distinguishing factor? Will it be the price only? Um, I think going back to my answer previously, it's about the size and weight for us. So mm. we, we have a reason why um, to, to convert from, from your DSLR system and things like that. So that's why we stay with APS-C because we have size and weight advantages with minimal differences in image quality. As mirrorless technology improves, and obviously we've come a massive way in, in sort of like the nine years that we've been doing it, um, the autofocus speed will get quicker and mm. the, the various detection systems and sort of like um, eyes, faces, head, shoulders, knees and toes and what have you. <laughs> um, so for, for us, Obviously, the future is mirrorless. The UK market is now more selling more mirrorless cameras than they are DSLRs. Yeah. Um, I, I still, in my heart of hearts, believe that one area that you're going to struggle to convert people from DSLRs is, is sort of like at the sort of like Olympics and, and football stadia mm. and things like that. Obviously, those people are so invested in 
in the Canons and, and, and Nikons of this world, and, and they have their um, 400 mils and their 600 mils. So that, that's going to be an area that's going to be really tough for mirrorless to break through. But the technology is there to outperform DSLRs. But on, the, on that question, the, the, I think it's very easy to see the difference between images. Like, I, you can easily see, uh, you know, when you have a Fujifilm camera that has the, the JPEGs, you know, a Sony camera, Canon camera, Nikon, I think it's very, I, I think it's, it's, just, it's not, mm. I don't think it's that, that plain cut that That's all clear images cut, look no, the same. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go out to the floor again. Um, we, we had a whole load of hands. There's, there's uh, 900, uh, no, there's 1,050 people here. One for Andreas. Um, this is, this, <coughs> so this, this one has, has to be, to be for, for Andreas. Andreas. Yeah, yeah. So um, <sighs> come forward. Bartek. Uh, hi, everyone. A uh, question probably to Andreas. I hope you will be able to give us a little bit more information about Fuji professional services, especially when we're talking about, uh, let's say, camera brand battles, how Fuji tries to, let's say, win us over, providing and focusing on the professional photographers and how the process exactly look like throughout the Europe overall. I'm based in Ireland myself personally and would like to find out a little bit more about it. From a Fujifilm professional services point of view, we struggle to get a pan-European agreement. So in terms of while we have agreements in France, Spain, UK, Germany, um, it's not as simple as I'm a FPS member in the UK and if I go to France and have a problem, um, my membership carries over and things like that. We um, are a relatively small brand, so we know a lot of the people um, by name and we're quite contactable and obviously I'm on this panel because I make my expose myself not like that, Kevin. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, there, to, there was that time in Merthyr. Easy, too. easy. <laughs> on my wedding night. Um, but... So, so from our point of view, we're trying to add Ireland to the UK FPS system. The challenge that we've got currently is with regards to couriers and getting the kit back to the UK. Um, and we're blessed in the UK and we offer a great service in the UK because we've got the service centre in the UK. Unfortunately, we don't have service centres everywhere across Europe, so we're always coming back to the UK from that point of view. But it is something that is high on our agenda. We've had FPS now live in the UK for three years. It's three years, sorry, from the 1st of April. Um, and we've rolled it out to other markets and now more countries have it. But um, that turnaround time is what we haven't got available to every single market. So while in the UK we have a 48 hour or 72 hour turnaround time for faulty um, items and we have the loan system, we, we're unable to offer that every, in every single market because we have to get that camera mm -hmm. back. So we are working hard to improve our level of service um, in all the other markets in Europe, but it's something that unfortunately will take time until we set up those places in those countries. Okay, thank you for your question. Right, who's next? Who's got a... Right, come forward there. Hi, so uh, first of all, my girlfriend says, Kev, no more book recommendations because <laughs> I've bought too many over the last couple of weeks. Uh, what ones did you buy? Let's put you on the spot. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. My head. Was Too it the art, the art of sexual dependency? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just didn't want to say it, did you, really? I haven't yeah. told her about that one. <laughs> uh, so my question is probably open up to all three of you, really, is um, with the way that technology is moving with cameras, is there anything outside of the core camera components that would make a good technological leap? going forward. For example, I would love something in a camera that would allow me to take location and time data in. That's the GPS stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so the GPS stuff is possible. It's, it's a faff in terms of making sure you've paired it to your smartphone and things like that. For me, the next technological leap I'd like to see is with um, 5G SIM cards mm. embedded into cameras, uploading to cloud um, directly. Um, so that sort of thing is what I'd like to see. Obviously, the, the limitations. I'm, I'm not sure Kev's sharing your enthusiasm with that one. <laughs> no, from, from backing up and things like that. So, so it's, the, we're, we're way away from that because obviously 5G hasn't rolled out here. But that's the next technological leap that I think would make a difference to pros in terms of being able to give them um, that, that sense of reassurance that all their stuff is backed up immediately yeah. and things like that, not sharing with clients or anything, but, yeah. um, that, but you've got power drain requirements um, yeah. and things like that that would impact that. The network has to be available. You'd obviously have to have a subscription mm -hmm. and things like that. But that's what I see as the next way because currently cameras aren't 
connected devices like they should be. Mm. I just want to see very basic things, actually. I, I, I like to see a, a proper flip screen because it is useful for when you're filming. And um, what else can I? Yeah, and an in-body image stabilization in an XT body would be lovely. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know it all costs money, but I've got it. I'm ready for it. I wondered when you'd <laughs> press one of those buttons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, we're, we're going for another question. Let's go for another question from the floor. Come, come forward just a little bit there, if you, if you can. What was your most memorable book in, and why? Do you mean in weddings? Well, just any book yeah. in, okay. for the wrong reason. It's <laughs> almost like a disaster story. Uh, most memorable. Yeah. I... Um, Probably for the wrong reason, I, personally myself with wedding, um, I, I remember doing a, a, a particularly plush wedding and it was, um, I think enough years have gone by now that possibly the, um, um, the bride won't remember this um, and probably doesn't listen to this podcast. And might not be married. I might, yeah. <laughs> I think true. there's a high probability of that. Um, I remember doing a, a particularly plush wedding, um, beautiful wedding. Everything must have cost an absolute fortune. There was like a fleet of Rolls Royces taking people up the drive because they didn't want to have people's cars littering in, in front of this particular building. I was driving an old Volvo at the time. I, think. I certainly wasn't allowed to park anywhere near the building. Uh, and um, all, all during the day, uh, all I heard was uh, a bride and groom, to be fair, complaining 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 this i mean this is a five if it would be possible to have a six star in this country it would have been very much on on that in that kind of category and uh, all day long um the bride shouted at me the bride shouted at every single supplier um because this wasn't right or that bit wasn't right and i'm being uh, careful here because i don't want, I don't want to seem that you know one of those male photographers that talks about brides um having problems because just as many males can be a a pain in the backside as well but it came to the cake cutting and i called um, i called her over with her husband i said right we're ready for the cake cutting and i i, I said this beautiful cakes a lovely cake and she uh, looked at me straight in the face she said i will not be cutting that cake today it is the wrong shade of pink <laughs> and, and i i turned to the videographer and i knew very very well um was he uh, leaning against the wall <laughs> And, uh, and it was Julie, Julie and Danny who worked together. And I said, Julie, what would you pay me to actually push her face into the cake at this particular <laughs> moment? And Julie said, I, I, I think that, that would go viral, but you'd never work in photography ever again. <laughs> I, I, that seems a terrible thing to be the most memorable thing uh, of all the beautiful weddings I've shot. But I particularly remember the look that day on this. this. And she didn't cut it. No. Well, I'm not surprised. I did. I put, took a little bit out of it. <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, Kev, come uh, on, memorable moment. It would, it, worst, be, would it be the time that you killed off that grandmother? It was. It, well, there was a time. When, yeah, there was a time the old woman died. Yeah, that was bad. Um, <laughs> They're not here, are they? By the way, the the, the family. No, 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 God. no, no, no. There was the um, there was a time I shot a wedding with you, and <laughs> you just don't like me getting all the great hotel rooms. There was Andreas's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think yeah, I think pretty much an old woman dropping dead in front of you is as bad as it gets. Yeah. 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 Other than that, it's all been pretty good. But, but you were the last person she saw, weren't you? You literally, you had that eye. <laughs> the last image that went through that lady's retina was Kevin Mullins. <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on very quickly so we don't get you in trouble. Ah, uh, oh, you, you've, you've got one of them. Come forward, come forward, come forward. Hi, I'm, I'm Michael Schilling. Lovely to be here. Um, this is a question actually I heard from a photographer called Paul Tracy who was oh. doing a talk and yeah, yeah, he yeah, said this yeah. is a brilliant question. And when he was training photography, he got asked this question himself. Uh, you've got to set the scenario a little bit that you're in a spaceship and you're just about to leave the Earth. Hold on a minute. Warning, warning. This is going to yeah. be a long question. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to leave the Earth forever and you can take away three photographs with you. Oh, God, right, okay. One of them can be a family photograph. Yeah. One of them can be your own, whatever it is. And another one could be someone else's photograph. What three photographs would you take? Mm. So, so give those again? three again. Give those three again. One so one be... of them could be a family one. Yeah. The other one can be any picture that maybe defines your career, defines your photography or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And the third one is could be any other photographer's image. Yeah. So we can take three. Three, three photos. Three, three photos. Each, yeah. each. Each. Take yeah. them each. Three, well, that's six. 
<laughs> no, you're, that, you're in your own spaceships in modules. No, that's nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's nine. Yeah, because Andreas has counted in this yeah, one. Yeah, Andreas yeah. is nine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, you can go first because I can't think of the third one. I can't even remember. What did you say? Like one of, <laughs> one of his. You have to take one of Neil. One of, I'll take one a of picture Neil. of Neil. Picture of Neil. Picture of Gemma. <laughs> picture of Gemma. Where is she? She's and picture of kids. Okay, professional picture. I would probably take the one of, um, bless her, Gemma, when she was in labour with her first child um, because she was in a lot of pain. But that's the picture that... that, that there's a particularly nice part. family memory for you. <laughs> a picture somebody else took, I would probably take... Um, Oh, cripes. I don't know. I would probably take... Uh, I would take the one that feather that went on the moon took from the first picture on the moon. What was his name? Buzz Aldrin. No, Neil Armstrong. No, he, he didn't take the, the picture. Oh, did he not? He didn't oh. take the picture. Who took the picture? Yeah, I did. That was a oh, joke. Yeah. That was a trick. Yeah, was it was, trick. wasn't it? Yeah. Walked into that one. Um, and what was the other attribute? It could be a, a family photo, but obviously what type of photo is it? Is it all of you together or is it a nice moment that... I suppose that that one, the first one you said, yeah, yeah. Gemma and Gemma could yeah. kind of class as that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, then I only get to take two. Yeah, sorry about that. Andreas, come on. What, what's I mean, you, I know you don't work every every week as a wedding yeah. photographer or anything, but but uh, what what would you take? Three photos. What would I take? Um, it'd probably be something of my wife giving birth to our kids. There's a lot, a lot of wife giving birth pictures. Isn't there? Yeah, apparently I wasn't present at the right. event. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I hope I was there. I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're from Croydon, I can tell. That's a stupid <laughs> question. That's what we think about. Oh, it. dear. Yeah, it's really confusing. It's like I about it. Yeah, I mean, fam fam family-wise, I definitely... I found... Uh, do you remember those little cubes that we used to... Well, people of a certain age um, have... The, the photo cubes are the, the three-dimensional photo cubes. Um, we, did, so I, we, did, we did talk about We did talk about it. Sorry, we did. Sorry, I, I forget. Um, but um, I found that uh, only recently, and there's a, there's a picture of me in my little red wellies um, wash, helping to wash Dad's car or van when, when I was about, I don't know, five. I mean, that's a particularly lovely family. I think I'd like to take that one of Dad. I did write them down here. There's another cake one for me, actually, when I... Um, when I when I suggested uh, somebody cut uh, cut the cake by lopping the top off, and um, uh, I didn't realise it was it was one of those what do they call them the uh, fritterol ones what are they called um, crockenbush yeah, and um, of course I should have realised the cake topper was actually uh, joined by a, by a rod going through the middle of it to the bottom <laughs> and screwed in, so when she went to poof, knock the top off the whole cake went, and that went onto the floor. But I love that picture. Um, it's fearless. That's a fearless yeah, it's award. A, it's a fearless award, yeah. yeah. I'd never put it in for that. And then I guess if I was choosing... I did write down here, so I did cheat. Um, but um, Tom Stoddart took a particular picture that, um, again, is from my youth. That, uh, it's, a, it's a horrific picture of um, uh, the Lockerbie um, disaster. There's a picture of a 747 on its side in that field. And uh, in front of that 747, there's a ghostly figure of a policeman that was uh, was tasked with looking after, not letting anybody near it, no no journalist near it. He was he was tasked with that, and uh, because Tom um, took it on a, a slow shutter speed, it, it looks like a ghost walking in front of the aircraft. It's a um, it's, it's certainly a picture from my youth that I remember. And fortunately, I, I got a chance to spend some time with Tom, and uh, he he explained that whole process. It was like being with you know your your god of photography as he was telling me that story. So you're leaving on a rocket ship, yeah. and you want to take a picture of a plane crash. I appreciate this. I have to spend yeah. a day a week with him. <laughs> well, we spent the whole aircraft. Uh, yeah, 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 and the only time I've ever heard three, three bongs and this sort of disaster. Bong, bong, bong. Yeah, bong, bong, bong. Okay, next nice question. Next hands question. up, hands up, hands up. Uh, name's Leon Lewis. Um, Hi, Leon. With your love of photography books, what would be your holy grail of Ooh. photography book? Oh, Kev, this is, this is a question for Kev. Yeah. Definitely. Have you, have you got one? I thought you were leaning in to get your holy grail of... Uh, go on, Kev, what would be your... Your choice. You're, you're, the, you're the resident book collector. Um, there's a great book by Alex Soth called, I think it's called, I Know How Furiously Your Heart Is Beating. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that book. It's very, very, pretty simple pictures, but very passionate pictures. 
and and the title is amazing. I know how furious. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing, and the and the cover is simply, it's a bit like the home book that Fujifilm did for for Magnum. It, 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 it almost looks like wallpaper, and then yeah, it's just yeah. the words yeah. embossed. Um, yeah, so Alex Oth, I think I um, I can't. It's impossible to pick one, but. Mm. I think if I had to pick that one, I'd go for that one. I'm interested, actually, with a few other people. I mean, we're all photographers in this room. Um, so uh, can, can, can a couple of people come near the front and tell us what, what photography books that you, um, you would rush into the house to save if, if, if God forbid, the house, house is on fire? Let's get a couple of people forward. Come, come forward towards the microphone. What would you... Ah, oh, Scott, what would you choose? Ex-photographer, Scott. Um, not my ex photographer as in former photographer. No, still oh, that's, <laughs> I still get confused with that. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, just there to I think I mentioned it on the, the bath. The, I've got the Magnum contact sheets. Ah. And it's just genius to look back and see how the masters of our craft would literally yeah. crop and shoot two, three rolls of film to get now that one image. And that for yeah. me is, that's, I, I, mean, I used to handprint uh, contact sheets. So to look back and see some of the world's most famous photographs yeah. and all the mistakes they made to get that one image, I think it's priceless. Yeah, yeah. That's the one for me. Darren Rose, um, I recently put about Trent Park's book, oh, uh, Minutes yeah. to Midnight oh, yeah, on the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, really enjoying that, but I think uh, probably Forms of Japan by Michael Kenner would be the one I'd Why? stay with me. Why? Uh, I love minimal landscapes, all shot on film, the yeah. kind of square format, black and white. Um, it's just a lovely big tomb of a book that I'd happily spend all day looking at. Isn't this interesting? Because sort of this purest thing, the, you know, the, the film thing is, is really important to us as photographers. No. Igor Kostin um, and Chernobyl. Amazing oh, book. Amazing yes, book. Yes. Just the, the whole gravity of the situation and the fact he just gets in there and does it. It's Do you amazing. think Chernobyl's been over-photographed now? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally yeah. now. I it's think, a but, shame, isn't it? But. Yeah, but when Igor was doing it and, you know, ironically, you know, through all that and all the mm. sort of problems he had after as a result of that, and, you know, you think, wow, amazing, amazing project. Give us an example of those problems that he had. I mean, clearly going into yeah, Chernobyl no, is we, no, we, no, we never a picnic, about, is it? So, of course, yeah, yeah, obviously with Chernobyl, the situation and the high levels of radiation, he suffered with many health problems throughout mm. the years. Lots of operations, I think it was about 17 operations for wow. cancer he had. He actually didn't die of cancer, he died in 2015 in a car accident. So oh aged about late 70s, early 80s, I think. So amazing man, amazing book. Did and he take Did he take the picture out of the helicopter with the round window where, where the, the explosion was lost? Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, that was the yeah. one. Well, not um, lost, but it was round, yeah. wasn't it? Because uh, of the radiation. The, the book is amazing. It's really, it's not easy to get hold of now, but it's incredible mm. um, photography mm. book, wonderful. Mm. There's another book which is about snow. My brother has it. I can't even remember who does it, but it's just about pictures of snow. That's really hard to get hold of. A great book. Mm. Lots of white pages. <laughs> amazing loads of white pages, but it's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got one more, one more, one more uh, book. I, mean, I have a vast uh, book collection, photographic book collection, but if I had to save one, it would be Diane Arbus. It would have to be mm, the, yeah. the first Diane Arbus book. It is just uh, a raw kind of vision of a way of life, which is yeah. so kind yeah. of strange that she went into. Yeah. And it is probably my favourite photo book, really. Yeah, it has to be. Mm. I'd go with Carnival Strippers as well, actually. I really like Sism and Sanis' Carnival Strippers. There we go. Thank you very much for those. Let's, let's go for another question now, shall we? A question from the audience. Come, come forward. Hi, I'm Keith. Uh, I apologise for this as well. If crows <laughs> are collectively known as a murder, what are wedding photographers? <laughs> a gaggle. What's collectively known as a murder? Collective, collective noun for... Crows. Um, yeah. Crows, I think, is my dog's. Um, a shambles? A uh, shambles. shambles of wedding <laughs> photography. <Yeah. laughs> That's not good from yeah. somebody who photographed your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you feel, you feel it, dare dare I say this, an ego of photographers? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, I don't know, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's a good question. We need, to, we need to think of that, a, yeah. a collective noun. A collective yeah. noun for a group of photog wedding photographers in particular. Yeah. yeah. Any drunk. ideas? Any ideas? A, a drunk. A drunk. <laughs> Sorry? A, a shutter. Uh, an exposure. Ah, yeah, an very, exposure, yeah, yeah. An exposure. Well, or maybe not. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's a question that came in from, from Bilbo the cameraman. Love this. That's not his name. Well, that was his handle. Question for Andreas. The new GoPros have the hyper-smooth system. How difficult would this to be st uh, to stick into the next HT or, uh, or, or um, XT, rather, or XH cameras? That would be a dream. So what's the hyper-smooth So hyper-smooth, how do we explain? This is where um, I, I took mine onto a mountain. I was skied down, and honestly, it looked like you'd flown down with a drone. 
it was um, it was amazing. Do you know how it works? Yeah, so electronic stabilization is rather than using uh, physical movement, mechanical inside the camera, um, after it's processing the footage, it yeah. goes through uh, and essentially crops in. Yeah, it crops, doesn't moves it? Moves yeah. the uh, tracking points, um, and eventually you'll come out with a point uh, that is slightly lower resolution. I mean, it's not really noticeable in the GoPro because it's shooting mm. 4K, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it'll essentially just crop in so you don't notice the jiggling of the edges. I think you should come and do the show from next week, actually. And Andres, what, what do you think? Any chances? So the X-T200 that we announced last week has a digital gimbal mode, right. which actually does exactly that. Yeah. It uses slightly lower resolution, um, which allows movement digitally to happen and tracks people and works exactly the same way in terms of a digital stabilization system. So that technology exists in a camera that we announced last week. Perfect. But the XT1, XT200 is kind of entry-level type. It's not high-end stuff, is it? Um, typically? Typically, no. The, the XT200 and the XA7 um, would be classified as our entry into the X-Series, yeah. Do you want to uh, throw out a bit because we're in the last 10 to 15 minutes of the Great. show, believe it or not. Yeah, so. uh, it's Brian Boyce, and it's probably know the answer to this one already but given that that's digital stabilization is that something that could be done in firmware as an update no yeah i thought i thought, I thought that might be the answer <laughs> that's Next. not even worth a t-shirt no <laughs> no go on, brian have a t-shirt there we go all right another another question hi everyone i'm sikander hi sikander yep and uh do you ever feel in terms of your personal projects that there's a certain pressure to go away from where you're based in terms of like geographical area mm. in order to see some new sites or anything like that? Do you know, that's really interesting because Mark Power, um, who I filmed for the home uh, film for Fujifilm, um, he said exactly that. He said, you know, the hardest thing to do is photograph your hometown. And he, he, found, that, he found that particularly difficult. Uh, he said, I live here, I see it every day, but I just, uh, photographically, I can't turn on to it. I've got no idea how to photograph my hometown as a personal project. I thought that was, that was really interesting for, for, for sort of what, what I consider to be a, a magnum great. Well, I can't really remember the question, but what I'd like is for Sikander to come and talk to me when I'm trying to go to sleep, because that was a beautiful <laughs> voice. Amazing, isn't it? Sikander, take that in the right way, sleep, by the way. <laughs> I'll be having... I think that, uh, for me personally, yeah, I mean, Malmesbury is a pretty quiet, quiet, quiet place. Everybody knows each other, you know, so there's not a lot of stuff going on there. But, however, saying that, that, you know, I, was, I saw um, a book the other day, or no, it was a newspaper article, and it was basically the shoes of people wearing on the underground. It was, just, <laughs> it was essentially the shoes that people are wearing on the tube, and, and that was interesting. You know, you don't have to go far to make an interesting story. You just have to, I think, have something to look for. You know. That's a difficult project to shoot without being, you know, what are you doing? Creepy. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's well, it's not, is it? Because you just go like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy. That's true. It's much easier than going like that. Yeah, that's true. All right, another question. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's try and whip around a few questions here. Uh, this is a question for Andreas. Um, so, yeah, well, people were talking about books and how their favourite uh, books usually relate to film photography. I've started shooting film over the past sort of year, year and a half. I'm really enjoying the experience of it. Um, obviously, when it comes to like professional work, I shoot raw, and I do use presets and stuff to try and emulate common film stocks. When it comes to you know like family work and stuff for myself, I use Fuji film simulations. Would there ever be scope in the future for Fuji to add simulations to maybe emulate more common film stocks like Portra, Fuji 400H, and stuff like that? There, there wouldn't ever be a scope for us to do competitors old films that's sort of like legal wranglings and what have you you just you wouldn't get involved um with classic neg um that that came about we we thought it was going to be more riala based but it but it ended up becoming a bit more sort of like superior from like the 70s 80s mm -hmm. um the engineers are always looking at different film stocks and, and and you just need to look at the the past ones that we've just done in terms of a turner across before that and classic neg um whether or not they're going to be called something like 400H or, or what have you is, is different, but um, y they're always being challenged in terms of, well, to justify, well, what's your next film simulation going to be? So uh, um, what that might be, don't know, but, but by all means, if anyone's got any suggestions about what film simulations they might like to see from Fujifilm's past, yeah, yeah. feel free to... 
put them on the group. And also, while I've got you, obviously the uh, update came out for the XT3 mm. yesterday, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and we appreciate that. Hail Fujifilm. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, uh, do you think that there's scope for the Classic Neg to come to the XT3? Are, are you aware of that happening in the future? Because it didn't. Um, honestly, I, I don't know if it's going to come. Um, historically, we've been... Uh, we've made a rod for our own back in terms of being very good at when we've launched new cameras. Um, we've announced firmware that means that existing cameras will have new features and things like that. Um, right now, obviously, you can you can have a look at rumors and things. So, you know, our engineers are busy developing new products and, and stuff like that. So, um, unfortunately, it's a it's a relatively small team in terms of camera manufacturers' point of view. So, resources are currently allocated to new products coming out um, when they have a quiet time this year um, I'd love them to s put classic neg into XT3 and sort of like the the multi-shot um, and the bracketing and the sort of like uh, the stacking focus and things like that um, but I honestly don't know um, if it will come it's not even a fob off of I know and I'm not telling you um, I, I can do those yeah. fob off ones in a bit, but, uh, but <laughs> that one. <laughs> I've got a load of fob off ones yeah. just there. But I think it's interesting that you you say that you know. Unfortunately, it's a small team because actually I think that's that's the power of it, really. You know, and I know it's like just words, but you know, if you look at like um, other companies, and you know, we all have access. Like Andreas is the marketing manager, correct? Yes of Fujifilm UK sat here listening to you answering questions you know and I'm not just blowing it up him uh, so to speak you know again no, no, okay. you know it's it's like I, I think the fact that it is a small you know we, we've seen it firsthand you know the, the engineers the people you know and the, the, the hard work that they put into it and you know and, and they make stuff that happens and sometimes they make stuff that doesn't happen and mm. it's just yeah you know. so, so I, I love the fact that it's a small team I love the fact that we're approachable I love the fact that we listen and we show people that we listen um, but the unfortunately is that we have limited resources mm. yeah. um, so it's not I, I, I wouldn't want it any other way it's just that it means that we can't do firmware updates for mm. every, every single camera or like every other month when a new feature comes to, to light and things like that because it's not literally a, a copy paste and just yeah, yeah. rolling it into yeah. the, to the new camera so um, okay. yeah as, as Kevin says I mean we, we've got direct access we're, we're a quite flat structure we've got direct access to all the engineers and all the product planners in Japan um, and we, we've got the X Summit on the 4th and we've got and the X Summit is here, isn't it? The X Summit yeah, is going yeah. to be, is, which is great. Is, is here, how do we talk about? It? Is here? Was here? Just um, say it two ways, and I can edit the right one in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we had obviously the the lead designer come over, yeah. and so like our, our general manager and, and and the various bosses, and they're quite happy to be the face of Fujifilm um, on on a global mm. level. So, yeah. Right. Let's. Um, we're going to talk to JP in a second, but um, do you want to do the? Should we do the fob off questions? We do the fob -off so, questions. We do, well, we'll run through them. We'll see how much. Um, Andreas will tell us. Peter Vokings, all this talk about X-T4, what, what about an X-H2, or is the X-H range for the chop with all the rumours being spread about a T4? Come on then, there's See, the, the first one. The problem with talking about rumours, it's like talking about your next ex-wife. You, you, mm. You're currently with someone, so just enjoy being with that person. Don't talk about the future. <laughs> oh, that's so that's well rehearsed. That's <laughs> 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 that is brilliant. I know I give you top marks for that one. I'm going to tick that question where, off. Where, where's Gemma? Where's Gemma? My XH4. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh yeah, here we are. Ha Hanover Green. That's a great name, Hanover Green. On the fence between XT3 and XH1. I know there are new goodies on the horizon, but with good deals on both now, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, loads. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Any no, thoughts? We, we need flesh on that. Flesh on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately, it comes down to what they're taking pictures of. So, yeah. for me, if it was stills as a priority, I mm. would prioritise the XT3. Mm -hmm. um, if it was about um, a bit more video, needing that stabilisation, not wanting to carry a, a bigger kit, I think the XH1. XH1 is perfect. They, they both have yeah. the pros and cons, and obviously, in an ideal world, you'd have the features of one in the body of the other, and. Mm. 
who knows what yeah. what might come. I mean, where where is the question from? Study is eyes. I don't know. Hanover Green. I didn't. Hanover yeah. Green. I mean, ultimately, the the there's going to be some great yeah. deals at the photography show yeah. and things yeah. like that. So so that. Might I'm not be sure if Hanover's in this country or not. I didn't. Yeah, it well, might, might I, be a I great opportunity. Yeah. Sort of like that sort of time to to come and have a look at us on the food film stand. And with, with a possible XT4, I'll just throw one in. Yeah, um, on. Obviously, four is 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 an unlucky number in in Asia, isn't it? Isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Would, would there be like a, a, would it be an XT three S or something? Do you think? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too unlucky to say. I was yeah. I was just trying to sort of weave around the back streets to get an answer on that one. But that was the you were never for the moving there, were you? Really? No. 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 Okay. I'll take that one off as well. Then there we go. But it was like it was like trying to get the deposit for the wedding. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> So, I also we also have we also have uh, two pairs. That's four whole tickets. Yes, for the photography show. Yes, to we, give away, which we're going to do with the disaster story. Aren't we? Are we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Just ruined him. Yeah, sorry about that. But in the meantime, well, JP, come forward for a second. Yes, JP. A, a big round of applause, please, for JP. That's the that's that's the sound that's the sound of fifteen hundred people in a room. Uh, JP, um, um, of course, um, simpler stra- Mr. Simpler Straps to us. Uh, thank you very much for supporting the show over over the last year. That was such very, a pleasure. Very very kind of you. Well, I tell you, JP, I was uh, where were we? Du- uh, not WPPI, New York. It was the uh, PDN Photo Expo. PDN at the Photo Javits Expo. Center. Yeah, that's it. And uh, nice was, that you remembered him. I was just no no no. I remembered him. <laughs> I just couldn't quite remember where it was. Ah, and I remember I was, I was chatting to somebody else, and JP just came up to me and said. I'd like to give you a strap. And that was it. That was basically it. Right? It wasn't exactly like that, as I recall. No, but, that's uh, the yeah, romantic some, version. Like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just went, poof, yeah, like yeah. And um, it was like everyone else disappeared. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, of course, JP came on board and, and supported the podcast, which many of you have uh, benefited from that. So we just wanted to give him a little platform. On, and so I have a question to kick that little platform mm-hmm. off. Um, you know, how do you, in a, in a world of uh, consumerism for cameras, straps and things and stuff and flash, and that, you, you, what gives you the, the momentum to, to just go, actually, I've got something to do and I want to do it? Where, where's the passion from? Yeah, so I think um, sort of to, to tie into what Andreas was saying a little bit before, talking about the size of cameras versus how much people wanted to use them. I, it really ties into my history, um, unironically, with Fujifilm cameras from when I was a kid. When I, I borrowed, and I'm saying borrowed in air quotes for anyone that can't see me, I borrowed my dad's Fujika ST701 when I was 13 years old. And uh, it was, you know, people say it's the best camera is, is the camera you have with you, but I would actually remove the last U on there and say the best camera is the camera you have. And that was the one camera that I had, and that was sort of, basically it was the entryway into learning how to smoke cigarettes and meet girls, and, you know, it was like the wondrous world of, of you know, that, I, that opened up for me when I had that Fujika camera. As time went on, I had other cameras, I had bigger cameras, and I, I felt like I had lost a lot of that passion that I had by having a, a camera that was took great images and was small enough to keep with me. And when I re- finally returned to Fujifilm, I purchased an X-Pro1, and I remember saying to myself, I'm so excited about this camera, I want to make, wh- uh, I, well, I want to get a camera strap that would be perfect to go with it. And shockingly, I couldn't really find one that I liked. So, you know, to to answer your question, Kevin, it was, none of this was really about starting a camera strap company at all. It was really an afterthought of making a camera strap for myself that I thought paired well with a small mirrorless size camera. And just thinking to myself, you know what, if I can't find a camera strap that I like, and I had to make one, you know, maybe somebody else will feel the same way. So that's really what it grew out of. And it was really just trying to, 
you know, enhanced how passionate I felt about the camera by combining it with a, a strap that was made for it. And I think it's made you the most coolest person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Uh, no, so without, again, without kind of uh, doing the whole kind of sponsorship stuff and everything, there are uh, vouchers here for um, JP and his simpler straps. We all use them, or we have used them, and yeah. some of you have had, lots of you, in fact, have received yeah. them over the past year. So we we have a, a great appreciation to JP. He's come all the way over here to talk to you. He will be with us for the evening, I guess, yes. hopefully. So uh, any I questions? Sure will. And um, if you want to talk to him about straps, he will be. Round of applause for JP. What have, what have we got in your prize thing? We, we're almost out of prizes, aren't we? We're almost out of time. So have we got a couple. We got a couple of last questions oh, at all. Um, there we go. Have we got one more strap left as well. Yeah, there we go. All right. What, what do you want to do? A strap disasters. Or a, a, disasters. We're going to do disasters. A strap or a t-shirt for this one? A strap would be lovely. Yeah, yeah. That was the first question. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to do questions here. Um, it's Murray anyway. And I know. It's a question to both of you, given the success of last yes. year's yeah. ex weddings conference. Oh. <laughs> Probably to Kevin and to Gemma, wherever Gemma is. What date's the next one? <laughs> this is a bit like when you ask Andreas a question about an X XD4. So good luck, good luck answering this one. Here we go. I think you should do another one personally. I think it was great. great well, it, put it this way: it won't be yesterday, it won't be today, it might be in the future. <laughs> Very good answer. We will shall leave it at that. Right? Did that answer your question, Murray? No, not really. No. <laughs> And maybe you could flesh that one out a bit more, as you said to can Andreas. I just, yeah. Can I just come back in? Because we actually have to plan. Yeah, you're absolutely you know, right. We, yeah. we may have you have to plan. Yeah. We may have weddings. We may have weddings. No, you're, we have you're com yeah, you're completely correct. Kev. Yeah. No, it will be, if it, it's on 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 it'll be on a Wednesday on. and Thursday anyway, so nobody gets married on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Go I think it might have to be a watch this space one. All right, we've got a question at the front here. So. I'm Anna McCarthy. And my question is really um, a sort of thank you and then a question. I want to thank you all for this amazing Fuji cast oh, that you produced. Thank you. Um, and um, uh, this is not a reference to the tips jar, <laughs> but um, more to say, is there something that you would like to say um, that we can do that isn't the tips jar or just listening oh. every week? but something that we can do to support you in continuing doing this, because I would just like to say for myself, um, it's a lonely old job being a photographer, <laughs> and if you're not partnered up with someone, um, it, it really does make me, well, it's a bit of a comedy show, to be honest, as well. And, it was um, never designed to be that. And, and whether you're editing or doing the ironing or shouting yeah. at your child or your ex-husband or whoever it is, um, it really does cheer you up. And yeah. it's also incredibly informative. And the, uh, the Facebook group is also yeah. such a lovely community. So I'd like to thank you, but also oh, ask pleasure. you. Um, is there anything we can do? Well, Paul Timlett, for, first of all, the t Facebook group, um, I think he summed it up the other day when he said he wrote something about um, uh, vegans using, vegan that's right, yeah, vegan yeah. With, with film. And, and he I didn't get any, any stupid, smarmy, um, you know, uh, answers. People were really very helpful. So I think the Facebook group has been great for that. As for helping the show, um, well... Just keep listening. Just keep listening. Keep reviews. Yeah. Reviews. 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 Yes. Reviews Actually, the Apple good. review thing is perhaps the most important thing. Yes. This sounds like a desperate plea for a review, yeah. and it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the review. And the if you could find somebody else who could present it, would be ace. Share. Share. <laughs> Thank you very much. Don't be rude. <laughs> um, sharing is really important. If you could send it out on, on Twitter, tweet it and stuff like that, that's great as well. That, that works really well for, all for sorts. podcasts. Yeah, yeah, all sorts of things. All sorts. Right, so uh, I think we're just about to close the show because it's um, time to head down the road and uh, debrief. No, we haven't done the emergency. No, I know. I, I was about to say. Um, <laughs> So I think we should do the disasters. Oh, that's the word. Yeah, there we go. Um, so um, we, we had two people uh, suggesting that they had uh, had disasters. So if you'd like to uh, step up to the uh, to the fray, let's uh, let's bring on some uh, let's bring on some disaster music. All right, I, I want you to vote out there what, which one of the two you think is is better. So bring us um, your best disaster story. We're going to go with uh, Mi oh, Michael, Michael again. Yeah. Michael again. So Michael's going to go first. So as I can't talk about any pending or current court cases, I'm going to think back a bit longer. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> Blimey. This, this, this was before we had my daughter, and we were going through uh, fertility treatment. Part of that treatment 
mm. was removing my seat from me. <laughs> Where on earth is this going? <laughs> this is quite an embarrassing story. Obviously. This is not, it, it builds. We're not a help group, you no, know. No, no. <laughs> this, this involved minor, minor surgery. Yeah, I should think it did. <laughs> Which you got maybe three or four stitches I had. But I was still mobile. I'm after sure it's surgery. easier than that, you know. No, <laughs> but I know the kind of operation yeah. you're talking about because I've had one very similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that. Well, after you've had similar, you know, you have to be. Funny enough, when I had it done or, yeah. or, or a thing done, yeah. the doctor spent a long time talking to me about wedding photography. Should we all go? To, <laughs> and, should we all go somewhere else? No, no, no. Like, and he, he, said, he, said, he said to me, um, "Oh, wedding photographers these days, anybody can do that sort of thing, can't they?" I didn't. When somebody's got. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to disagree. <laughs> anyway, Michael, continue. Well, Sorry, go on. You were on the table. I was, I was left with quite a lot of bandaging. Yes. Around everything. I think, yeah. It was like a big, big bandage. Yeah. A really big bandage. <laughs> <laughs> Are you fleshing this out, by any chance? But anyway, yeah, so obviously this fertility treatment is very expensive. So yeah. the next day I had to work. Plus I'd had a work experience guy also say they you know, made I promised, you work well I had to work I was working for myself oh, and right. I'd already promised the work experience guy here come on a shoot yeah so we went and shoot uh, into a shoot the next day I was moving very slowly mm. that day I uh, was doing a shoot in someone's house um, and I was still moving around quite a little bit and I noticed that slowly down the length of my leg mm. during the shoot no. my bandage was slowly slowly coming off anyway I thought I'd kind of got to grips with it and kept it in my trousers yes um, but as we went to leave, <laughs> as we went to leave, my work experience guy yes. gave me the bandage and said, this just dropped out of your trousers. Oh, no. And, oh. and that was that. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. No, that. That's embarrassing. Round of applause for embarrassing. Yeah. That's, um, that's the sound of 1,700 people He's appreciating his embarrassment. Right, okay. So go on. Um, ah, look who's... <laughs> Look who's, uh, look who's at the microphone now. Glasgow Lee. Glasgow Lee, friend, friend of the show. This, it's your own fault. Yeah, it's yeah, your own fault, guys. guys. First I'm of all, Neil, thank you for turning the heating down so we're all sweating. Thank yeah, that's a that. pleasure. Uh, Kevin, two things for you. You're a man of integrity and honesty, so I want to, you to answer these next two questions with that in mind. Yes, in, you're in, my, in my little wallet, I've got two Instax pictures, one of me and my wife. What have you got in your wallet? Have you got a picture of Gemma in your wallet? Oh. No? What, what are you going to want? I have a picture of Barry John. <laughs> Do you? Oh, good man. Picture of Barry John and loads of overdraft cards. Do you? <laughs> what about your disaster, though? Second, thank you. Right. Uh, second, um, what is the real... This is only a five-minute bed, by the way. What is the you? real reason for you going vegan? Ah, <laughs> uh, mate. The reason we spoke about it. Listen, earlier. nobody... He's the only one that keeps going on about the vegan thing. I think Gemma I prefer can answer to this. Use, Gemma uh, can answer this question. I prefer, to, I prefer to use plant-based diet. Yes. But what's the benefit? Um, well, it just makes Enhancement. you... Enhancement. It makes you... <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot slimmer. Make, yeah, the, I, you've lost so much. Well, not that you were as big as me, but... Because you're a bit slimmer. It makes me feel stronger. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it makes me feel... I sleep better, healthier, happier. Um, Does he snore stuff. as much, Gemma? No. See, there we go. Yeah. So, disaster. I don't know what this story is, but it's a story. Okay. Well, I got a phone call from a bride. She said, um, "She said, how much are you?" And uh, I sort of laughed and I said, "Well, I'm not as expensive as Kevin, and uh, <laughs> I'm not as cheap as Neil." And uh, she said, um, "She did not." She said, "I've got loads of money. That doesn't matter." Um, she said, if, do you know any entertainers uh, for the wedding? So I said, so I gave her some, some bands and, and one of them phoned me up and said, she's a nutter, you can't do her wedding. And I thought, well, that's exactly why I'm doing her wedding. Um, at her wedding, there were 16 people. Um, it snowed, she was gonna have a dove release, but the dove couldn't be released because of the snow, it's too thick. Um, in the evening, eight people left, so that left nine people including me at the wedding they had a Michael Buble tribute and halfway through I was into my little video lights and uh, she said to me the wedding's not going to last the, the, the marriage is not going to last um, it's um, he won't want any pictures and he didn't have any pictures um, so I took her to the bridal suite as you do and um, because that's where they spend the money isn't it that's where the money goes into the bridal suite for the, and she, she's you know she's, she's, a, she's a gorgeous lady quite she'll be like my wife but she's gorgeous <laughs> and um, God, I think I need another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, she was 
took me down and, and she uh, and I, I, kid, I kid you not she looked down at my zip and she licked her lips now <laughs> <laughs> am I going to have to edit this whole last segment out um, you know that thing shrinking cold water that's how I felt so I made it a speedy exit anyway mm. she turned out to be gay and is, is working for Eddie Stobart so oh, uh, right. okay. that's my sort of disaster story <laughs> so you turned away gay yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, uh, so we well we have a prize of course uh, well, we do have a so a round of applause <laughs> Um, uh, uh, it's the only thing that was left <laughs> that's possibly the weirdest story I think uh, we've yeah. ever had on especially this. the Eddie Stobart link yeah <laughs> gonna have to keep it in there I'm, I'm afraid because um, <laughs> the context of that last bit won't work otherwise uh, right, that's it. That's the that's the end of the show. Um, we are we're going to uh, do a, a debriefing, obviously, in um, in a in, a, uh, in a, a nice drinking establishment just down the road. Uh, which, of course, if you didn't come to this show, you're not invited to. Um, everybody else, though, um, all 1,780 of them are going to be coming along. So, uh, thank you very much. Um, if you can leave a review, that's great. Um, we appreciate that, as you, you heard us talking about just now. Uh, thank you to JP. Where's JP gone? JP. Thank you, JP. Round of applause for JP. A huge round of applause uh, to Andreas Georgiadis from Fuji If you have any questions at all, uh, then please keep sending them into click at fujicast.co.uk. That's, uh, that's our email address. Uh, music is from Blue Wednesday. We'll be back in the studio next week. 53. 53. 53. We'll be, we'll be like in yeah. Mrs. Wisher sing happy birthday. Should we? That would be... Should we do a happy birthday or is that a bit cliche? Yeah. Oh, let's, let's do a happy birthday, shall we? Are we allowed to do that? Because copyright... Oh, what? no, 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 you're not allowed to do it. You're not doing like a German accent or oh, something. Oh, God, OK, yeah. we'll just no, finish really with the, 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 yeah. yeah. In that case, then, we'll just finish with a huge round of applause from 2,894 people <laughs> who have joined us at Fujifilm at this amazing establishment, which, I, by the way, I think it's a real statement of intent, this place, Andreas. You should be very proud of this. Um, Thank, I, you. I think it's yeah. Thank you. That didn't make the show. I always think if you've left your phone on by your side, that's going to really piss you off. This is general. <laughs> we'll uh, obviously put a, edit that bit out. Um, um, I, don't, I can't remember the question. What was the question again? No, you've just put me off now. So, Candy, just shout it out again. I'll snip these bits together. Stop laughing. I can't snip that together when you Who is that? Oh, have a guess. Could you do a little test on your one there, Kev? One two, one two, one two, one two, one two, bit, one two, bit more noise, bit more noise. I can't do less grumpy. <laughs> Think of Gemma. Uh, oh, one two. <laughs> there we one, go. Two. The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives, who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.